I was pretty nervous to start this podcast. Actually so nervous that I had the concept of a narrative art podcast and had talked about doing it for about two years and even held on to the first episode for nine months before it finally was released. I was fearful of people hating the style and hating my voice, which I'm super self-conscious about, and was overall scared to put my ideas and thoughts out into the public in such a way. Well, we're now on episode 21, and I'm so glad I started this podcast because I believe it's one of the best and most important things I've ever created, and I can't wait to see where it goes. Today's story reminds me of that fear, but gives me a wake-up call to not give up and to stay true to myself no matter what. I'm your host, Jacob Johnson. This is the My Art is Real podcast, episode 21, Nancy. My name is Nancy Jane Friedland, um, and I'm from Toronto, uh, Canada. Growing up in Toronto, Nancy had a lot of freedom. She would ride the subway, walk to school alone. Her parents were also both professors, so throughout her entire life, there was always a big emphasis on getting a higher education. Um, my dad was a, a professor of law. He never really practiced. Uh, and mostly criminal law, and he was um, very involved in uh, some of our gun control laws in Canada and uh, judicial independence and all kinds of interesting, you know, he's a very interesting thinker. And my mom is an occupational therapist, which, well, was a practicing occupational therapist and then became um, an academic herself and then uh, also has written uh, both both of them have written a lot. But while her siblings would go on to get more traditional careers, Nancy was always into art. I I liked art, but I didn't really think I was very good at it um, all the way through high school. I always took art and, and loved it. But um, there was always someone sitting next to me that was a, a great draft person, you know, in that in that they could see something and then, you know, represent it realistically in a way that I just didn't have that skill at that point. And it wasn't, uh, it was something that I, I knew I had an eye, but I, I never really thought about pursuing it. I was, you know, a little bit into sports, but mostly it was, it was theater and my friends were all um, pretty nerdy and uh, my best friend uh, I met in grade seven and she's still my best, best friend now. And we were always, um, she, she's a writer. Um, and we were always sort of in a very creative world and our friends were, were, were very creative. Um, but in a family where there was a lot of focus on academics, I was really into, um, drama in high school and was in all did all kinds of theater stuff. She thought that acting was probably her calling, but quickly in the university realized that it just wasn't the case. Plays in high school, um, and I really I loved that, um, and I loved being on stage, and I loved getting a laugh, and um, it was a you know um, I I don't know what I mean I guess I just maybe realized that I was I I was good in sort of the high school context, but. What what was, you know, I, I, I didn't have much hope that there was something um, beyond that for me. 
Um, and yeah, and just that it's really hard work. And I think at, at, at the age of 18 or whenever I was auditioning, I just had no, no idea of uh, how hard that would be. And, um, uh, so I kind of, I just, I let it go at that point. You know, there seems to be this idea in the world that you're supposed to know what you want to be for the rest of your life the moment you turn 18. And that's insane. I mean, we spend most of our time before that just sitting in class and hanging out with friends and maybe doing a part-time job or something. But how are we supposed to know what we want to do for the rest of our lives? And the truth is, most people at that age really have no clue. A lot of people go to college, drop out. Others go to college, finish, get a nice degree, and then never end up using it. I mean, people will change their minds several times before something finally sticks, and that should be more accepted. And when Nancy was 18, she felt lost. She didn't know what exactly she was meant to do, but was going to use this freedom of her 20s to try and figure that out. I think I was pretty. I think I was pretty lost for a long time. Honestly, I mean, I think. Um, my best friends were very creative. I think I thought that what, what you do is you kind of hang out, uh, in, you, you keep going to school as long as you possibly can. Um, and you figure it out there, uh, that it's, um, you know, I, I, and I really thought because I think because of the way I grew up with my parents, that, that school was kind of the only way to learn things and um that it was the safest way to learn things so i just kind of i I, and i was good at it too i had a good academic brain um and i just i thought that was the way forward uh so i just kind of hung around in that world as long as i could nancy was also lucky enough to be able to travel during this time all across europe and this helped broaden her worldview Right after high school, I traveled with my my best friend Kyo, and uh, we she she was um, she had finished her first year of university and she was studying art history. So she had planned out our whole um, trip based on works of art that she wanted to see in Europe, and and also we were we studied uh, we we spent a month studying Spanish in uh, in Spain, and uh, so that was just the summer, and then in third year went to Paris and I lived in Paris or when I was studying, well, French language mostly. Then I went from there, I went to Israel for that summer and then uh, came back, finished um, finished my undergraduate degree and then went back to Israel for another year and kind of learned the language, thought maybe I would make a life there and go to art school there. I, I already knew at that point that I wanted to go to art school. And then I came home and kind of got stuck in Toronto. I think I, I was a bit depressed in my early 20s. Could you tell me how that trip was with your friend across Europe? <laughs> how was it? Yeah, how was it? How did it make you uh, feel? I mean, it's crazy to think. I think we were, I think I was 18, 17, 18, which is insane. Um, it was like, you know, we were we were backpacking. And when was this? I mean, what year was this? Do you this, Okay, so I'm I'm... 52. Um, I was, I was born in 1971. So, um, you do the math. Seven, eight, 18 plus. <laughs> um, I, yeah, it was a long time ago. Yeah. So it was like, you know, you called home once a week and told your parents you were still alive and you traveled 
um, with, uh, uh, it was called the Eurail Pass. I don't know if it's still, we traveled by train and we stayed in hostels and we were two, two young women. Uh, and we, um, my friend had a boyfriend and I didn't. So I was very, um, I, I really liked to meet boys, um, from different countries all over. Uh, and that was part of my travels. And, and, um, you know, it filled up my brain with memories of, of, um, yeah, I don't, it's funny, I don't really think about it that much. As Nancy would grow up, she would work random jobs here and there and finally decided that she was going to go to art school after finishing her undergrad. You know, I didn't love my undergraduate degree, but when I got to art school, I loved it. And it felt, and because I was a little bit older, I thought, this was the greatest thing in the world to just be able to make art all day and talk about art. And I loved talking about art and critiques and everything. I loved, I loved everything. And I had amazing teachers and I was, I, I met my husband at the, at the beginning of art school and sort of was also, I had two great teachers who, um, who kind of were also practicing artists who, um, Barb Aspen and, and April Hickox, who also uh, showed me an, a model of how to have a, a family and make art and have a career all at the same time. And I, that was really important to me as well at that time. So when, it was when I, when I got to art school that I kind of, you know, I knew, th- I knew that I was going to keep, this was, this was, you know, I didn't know exactly how this was all going to pan out, but I knew that that I loved it. Let me give you listeners some background and a little behind the scenes. I was scrolling through Instagram looking for art one day and boom, I see a painting. It was actually a set of paintings, each with a car. Some of the cars driving by in a blur and others a view of taillights in a rainy day. I clicked on the profile and it was Nancy's page and I scrolled and I knew I'd found something special. What I loved so much about the works was they felt familiar. They felt like my childhood, like the summer nights in the woods surrounding my house. It reminded me of those weekend days that feel endless and just burn deep into your memories. Now, you're probably asking, why is any of this important? Well, Nancy didn't start out as a painter, not even close. When she went to art school, she was focused on photography. I mean, I thought that, I certainly thought when I was studying photography, initially I thought maybe I would work as a photographer and I did try uh for you know a few you know shooting weddings or or you know I I took I took a number of I I I had a few clients here and there um but eventually I I just uh I realized that what I really liked was thinking and talking about photography not so much doing doing it um so uh and and I loved photographs not so much making them. I mean, I liked, I liked art and I, and really what I was doing for the most part was what, what we used to call photo-based art. So I was using photography, not always my own, um, to, uh, explore ideas. She didn't like so much taking traditional photos, but more so working in a mixed medium with photography at the center. And that was part of the, um, the program of study at, uh, Ontario College of Art and Design, where I went to school, which was like, there were, per, there were classes, one was called camera art. Um, and then there were 
like some bookmaking classes. And it was always, we were always encouraged to kind of like screw around with negatives and uh, the actual objects, the photographic object and different, just different ways of thinking about photography. And I, so, I mean, my thesis project for, um, as an undergrad was I made negatives. I used old family photographs and made negatives on a um, color photocopier where the ink was where that was broken. So the ink had this like sort of globby, um, like almost like water droplet kind of texture. Anyway, it was very, it was a very creative program. And it, um, so I was always kind of cutting things up and I used wax for a long time. with my photographs to sort of create something that looked more like a painting. Nancy's end goal with all this schooling was in hopes that she could become a professor just like her parents. But before that could happen, she had to graduate and was busy starting a family and doing her art on the side. Um, you know, my parents were both big brains and and I really felt that I was headed towards academia um, for a long time and uh, thought that that was really the way to have a, a, a life in art. And so did you, were you ever able to become a professor? There were a few, a few times where I thought I would apply. And childcare was so expensive that even teaching part-time made, made no sense. Uh, by, that, by that point, I already had kids. So it was like, to, in order, I was going to be paying more for childcare than I was going to make, or maybe we would come out a little bit ahead. And so the idea that I was, and I loved staying home with my kids at that point, you know, I was, I was, I was good at it. I was really good at, um, and I was, you know, I, so the idea of paying someone else to look after my kids, uh, in order to make just a little bit more money. And I wanted to keep my art practice going. Um, I wasn't sell I wasn't selling much, but I felt like that was the thing that I needed to stay connected to. Um, you know, I had a when when I first had kids, I had a little studio in my house, and and I would, you know, um, I would always make sure that I kept that part of my brain alive. Well, how did you feel? Um... Once you became kind of a, you're like, okay, this is, because you said you looked into applying and it was just going to not be worth it. How did you feel at that point? Did you feel like, okay, I'm a stay-at-home mom. This is, and, and how did you feel about that? What were your thoughts? I, it's a tough question. Um, I think I felt that, it was valuable um, that I was I was doing um, that I was doing a good job uh, at raising kids, and that I wanted to be there. But I did have a lot of misgivings about not pursuing my career at that point, and. But I also, I had a a model, which was my mom, who also has had an incredible career, and she stayed home for 13 years with us, um, and then went back 
to, you know, it was a hard transition back to the working world. She just wrote a book about it, so it's very fresh in my mind. Um, but she, I, it was a very, um, I knew that there was a way to do it, that you could keep your brain, that it was, I knew it was valuable. I knew that I was lucky that my husband was making enough money that I didn't have to work, you know, and, and I felt like I was, um, it was a good, it was a good place for me. Uh, and, and that I was lucky to be able to do it. Um, and I knew it wouldn't last forever. And I was hoping, I didn't know that I would be able to come back to this, but, but I always kept, you know, I kept it going. So I wasn't, I never felt that far away from, um, my art life. I don't know. I, life is long. Um, and hopefully you get an opportunity to, to do a bunch of different things and your kids are only little for so long. So I'm, I'm glad that I was able to do that. All of this goes back to what I said about not knowing what you want to do for the rest of your life at 18. Nancy loved art and wanted to be a professor, but that's not what life had in mind for her. But she did do her best to enjoy every twist and turn that life had to offer. Often with creatives, we have this need to express ourselves in ways outside of words and Without our medium, we, we wouldn't feel whole. And for Nancy, that couldn't be more true. So she never gave up her art practice. She even had some exhibitions for her photography work. This went on for many years, slowly chipping away at her craft and doing some projects here and there. Then she had one exhibition that would change it all. I, I basically graduated from uh, my MFA in Rochester and then started a family. And so throughout those years, I was... I would have a show every, I don't know, two, three, four years. And I would, you know, I was able to keep my, that part of my brain alive. And there, and they, that was, it was good work. It wasn't, it's, I, 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 st I still value that work. Um, but the final show, which was in 2016, it was kind of like a culmination of everything that I had been thinking about in photography. Basically, it was a body of work that was about, uh, it was really about my family. It was about my parents and my children and this place, which I, I had photographed and painted my whole life. I, I, I had finished this body of work, which was called Constellations. And I had this great show in 2016. And it was like, it was the first time I, I had tried to express something that wasn't quite as, I don't know, clever. It wasn't clever or intellectual. It was, there was a kind of earnestness, like I let go of some of the smarty pants that I had done throughout the rest of my career. You know, I wasn't worried about, um, I had stopped writing, applying for grants, so I wasn't worried about how I would write about it, although I did write about it a little bit. But I, it was just me and my, and I, it was a very, it was very sort of raw and like unmediated while she was and still is very proud of those bodies of works and those exhibitions, this final show was a huge turning point for Nancy. For so long, her work had been bogged down by this need to either over-explain her work or try too hard to attach an intellectual meaning to it all. I mean, she grew up with two professors as parents, and all of her friends and siblings were also intellectuals. And there can be this pressure to make your art mean something beyond just being a pretty emotional image that you hang on your wall. 
But it was at this last art show that Nancy finally let go of all of that. No need to find some powerful message. She just created from the heart about herself, her life, and most importantly, her family. Nancy decided to be real. Yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to, I, I think, I think I wanted, it was so important to me that people think I was smart. (laughs) And I just don't care about that anymore. I just, I mean, I think, I think it was being the child of academics, doing something that wasn't, you know, uh, I wasn't going to be a, a lawyer, you know, and I was very attached to the approval of my my parents and um, and and I have some really smart friends too uh, who I wanted to think I was smart and um, I don't know maybe I just I, I just stopped caring about that so much and I and I found and that I, I found that this was more rewarding ultimately than than being than, than people thinking I was smart I I think also being a parent, just three very kids with three very, very, very different brains. And I value their different types of intelligence so much. And I think that that helps me to kind of understand that being an, an intellectual and an academic is just one way of being smart. <laughs> I think that that was really important. I think that, that, that being a parent, um, definitely changed my thinking around some of those things too. I love that that once you started just making art for, I guess, the joy of it, for what you wanted to make, that thing started, I guess, moving forward better. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I think, I think that people know when you're being real and um, they respond to it. Um, and I... I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know, but but I I I I think that's something hard to do when you're younger. I think it's hard to feel safe doing that when you're younger. She's right. I mean, people can tell when you're being fake and when you're being real. I don't know if all of you know this, but that's kind of the whole reason for the name. My art is real. It's about real people making honest art. For Nancy, this realization to be more honest in her work and and more real was just what she needed. And while a younger version of her probably wishes it would have happened sooner, it happened for her later in life, which was probably when she needed it the most. After that show, she started to try and find what her next medium would be, as she felt she was done with the photography stuff. In an attempt to show her teenage daughter that you can use social media to share more than just selfies and it's okay to have failures, Nancy decided to take up some painting classes and share the process online. This was five years ago, and my kids were just starting to be teenagers. My daughter, in particular, was interested in social media. And I was very involved in sort of helping her think about what social media could be. And and, and also, they're, they're, my, my kids are all athletes. My husband was a hockey player. My kids are all athletes, and I was thinking about embarrassment and the idea of trying things and failing and not trying to sort of let go of that sort of teenager idea of uh, being embarrassed all the time, because it really stands in your way, especially as an athlete, it stands in your way of getting better because 
if you're not willing to fail, you're not, you're not going to get better. And I was trying to role model something for my kids in terms of like being yourself and that people, I was like, and people will appreciate that. And you don't have to be this phony person on social media. You can really be yourself and, and show people, you know, I was like, I wanted them to, in my daughter in particular, I wanted her to be post, if she was going to post, I was like, why don't, she was a baseball player. Why don't you post about baseball? Don't post a selfie of your, you know, whatever, of your body, which was what I was afraid of was like, I didn't want her to start placing this enormous value on her physical appearance. And I just felt like it was such a dangerous thing. So I was trying to model this. She didn't get out of her own comfort zone and picked up the brush. So I was, it was with that mindset that I was like, I'm going to take up something new. I was like, I'm going to take a painting class. And so I took this class with this friend of mine. um, And I think we did about five sessions in her garage. And I wasn't great the first couple of sessions, you know, but I enjoyed it. And she was just teaching me a bit about materials and stuff. But I was very frustrated with, um, you know, I tried using a grid and I tried using tracing paper and all of those methods of getting the image on the surface. I just wasn't very good at. And then we discovered um, or she showed me how to use my phone to project something. And I started using a projector. And once I discovered that, it was like this whole world opened up. I was like, I was no longer worried about translating this image onto this other surface. I was, all I was doing was kind of thinking about light and light and, uh, and, and color and shapes. And it just free, it was so freeing. I, I don't use a projector anymore. It took me about two years to sort of to phase it out because I just was like, I was also discovering that there was something once I got good at it, good enough at it. I didn't, not only did I not need it anymore, but there were good things that were happening when I wasn't using the projector. After these classes, her creative process just seemed to flourish with this newfound style. So, yeah. And then as soon as we finished those, like, I don't know, probably about five sessions, and I went back into my studio, and it was like just this light bulb. Just every day was just so pleasurable. So pleasurable in a way that I had never really experienced in my art making practice. So that's kind of the story. That's how it started. And then, so my my experiment to show my children how about failure was kind of a failure because um, I wasn't I was good at it. <laughs> so, um, uh, but I mean, not everything was amazing. But I was definitely I definitely knew I had something right from the get go. And how was it for you to make that transition from photography to painting? I mean, it's like you completely switched mediums. How did it feel to find this new medium to work in that you were good at? It was like discovering another, you know, that dream that you have that's like in your house, you, you discover that you have, there's another room that you didn't know about. It's like, it was like that. Or or the my favorite uh, analogy is like, I was a right-handed tennis player my whole life. And then suddenly I discovered that I was actually left-handed. And then I started playing with my left hand and I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Which I'm not, neither a tennis player nor am I, and nor am I left-handed, but it was the whole, the whole process of discovering what I could 
the the ideas that I could express with paint was such a middle-aged gift. Like to have something like that happen at that stage of life as you sort of like are moving into like, I don't know, you know, my kids are don't need me in the same way anymore. And I, photography was kind of like, I, I mean, I, I just had run out of ideas to explore with photography uh, or I felt I had run out of ideas and I was very bored with the surface and then to discover what I could do with paint and still using some, a lot of those exploring those same ideas, but doing it with paint. It was just such, it was such a joy. It was such a joy. Life is only so long, and if you spend your days pretending to be someone you're not, it will pass you by without you even noticing. We all have fears, even myself, with putting out this podcast, but at the end of the day, you have to at least try if you ever want to see what could be. Since turning to paint, Nancy's Instagram has amassed over 17,000 followers, and she's shown her works in several galleries and done exhibitions and art fairs, and tells me the process of her work in the studio feels like never before as she's free to let her mind wander and, and focus more on her creative energy. Thank you for listening to yet another episode of the Myers Show Podcast. It means the world to me, and please share the podcast with someone you think would enjoy it as well. And don't forget to go rate and review it on whatever platform you listen to podcasts. It really will help me out. My name is Jacob, and I will see you in the next one.